Welcome to a special holiday, pardon the confusion. You can't see these guys because it's a podcast, but I can. It's a little dangerous, but I have all five of my co-hosts on at the same time. It's madness, I tell you. It's madness. Anyways, we're going to try, and I'm so glad to see all these guys together. They've done a great job all year long entertaining the people out at sportscountry.net and all across where you get podcast content. Say that three times fast. Anyways, I got Ernest Watson, Rockin' North Carolina, Chris Daniel in Denver, Colorado, uh, Travis Greer in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, there you go, that's right. David Arnold in Tecumseh, Michigan, Nate Moyer in Trumbull, Connecticut, and I live in Dexter, Michigan, and together we are, pardon the confusion, boy, that sounds like a movie made to happen or not happen. Tonight, because we're in the holiday spirit, we are going to talk about sports, but just a little bit different because I was motivated by the wonderful, awesome movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Every part of that movie, I laughed before it happened, and it made me think, I have five guys who are men, manly men, who put up Christmas lights and never had a problem, right? So we're going to start off tonight with each one of us telling us a holiday light story, and you, the listener, and the rest of the podcasters will guess, is it truth or fiction? All right, I ripped this off from Jimmy Fallon, so there we go. All right, Ernest Watts, you are the oldest, the wisest, the one that's done the most damage to his body, so why don't you tell us a truth or fiction story about holiday lights? Okay, I used to be one of Santa's little elves. If you know, those of you under the age of 12 are listening. You're Buddy the Elf. Yeah, I was Buddy the Elf. I used to have the costume, the suit, and unlike Tim Allen, I didn't gain a lot of weight or drink a lot of cocoa or have a beard that didn't go away. And I would go into long-term care facilities for individuals at Christmas time to give them a little joy. Well, one year it ran a little late, and shall we say for my children, uh, I had to go over to Santa's workshop to pick up the stuff. So, you know, to help Santa out. So I'm driving around with the suit on, and I broke down, and I'm on the side of the road thumbing individuals with the suit on. Physically or emotionally, <laughs> Ernest? <laughs> I, I'm just broken down in this i finally i fixed it myself changed the tire you would think sand on the side of the road with a flat tire would get some help but i was able to but just as much as not getting any you know uh good samaritan to help out santa at the christmas eve i would stop at lights and this i would get joy at you stop at lights two lanes and people would look over and see Santa in a Honda, <laughs> which I guess is kind of unusual. Just I had like the, uh, Home Alone. Just like Home Alone, the full suit. And they'd look over and you'd see these double takes and go like, and they'd point and I'd go, yes. And then I'd pull my, my, my uh, finger to my mouth and, you know, do the old shushing sound. And I'd wink and drive off and figure there are a lot of drunk people whose mind have been blown tonight. Because this is like 2 o'clock in the morning. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Mm. So wow. that's that's my story. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wow. Gotta get a little audience participation in there. Okay. <laughs> wow. No shame, providing his own Don't laugh you? track or yes, yes, track. yes. So I my guess that's definitely truth, I, is you're saying. Well, you're supposed to guess, right? Isn't that part of the yeah, game? Yeah, I'm saying that is the truth because I have seen you do 
some crazy things, and that doesn't even seem very wild for you. So I'm on board for truth. All right, David Arnold, what do you say? Uh, false, because you used to drive a truck when ooh, I was a child. Ooh, and and that's a, I, remember, I remember going to Carolina Hurricanes and Charlotte Hornets games, uh, and me and Justin, your son, would be crammed in the back, the quote-unquote back seat of the truck, which there was no back seat. It was like a quarter of a seat. Um, so I'm going to say false. All right, Nate Moyer, what do you say? I think Ernest is is lazy enough that he wouldn't want to change, so I can see that being a true story. <laughs> Travis Greer, what do you say? Yeah, that's that's got Ernest written all over it, and I just envision as he's telling the story, him with the beard, and you know, just I envision him looking like Billy Bob Thornton. I believe it is off of Bad Santa, Ooh. right? Just the the rough, grungy look there at two a.m. with the, the the heavy eyes getting the last sort of like sling blade uh, look. Is that what yeah? You're <laughs> All right, Chris Daniel, is it truth or fiction? I'm going to say fiction because similar uh, to David, I think Santa is a Ford guy and he doesn't drive uh, a Honda. So, yeah, fiction. Oh, I said the truth. Okay, Ernest. Well, for David and Nate, first of all, <laughs> uh, my wife drives a Honda. <laughs> I was driving my wife's car. Oh. Uh, womp, womp. I got it right then, right? So it's yeah, true. you got it, it right. right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right, there you go. All right, so we're going to go to our next truth or fiction Christmas story. Chris Daniel, going from the oldest to the almost the youngest. David's the youngest of this group. Okay, Chris, go next. Sure. So I don't have a ton of stories. I've always lived in an apartment, or for the most part. So I, I don't have a ton of decorating stories that's uh, uh, you know a part of, but. Uh, I do remember when we were about 10, my mom bought these, um, these, uh, I guess deer that we would put in front of our house. <laughs> and then every, every night my brother and I would sneak out and we'd mount them on each other and then we'd come out the next morning and, and she'd be, you know, flabbergasted of like, Oh my gosh, who would do this? And so, uh, so yeah, we did it probably for a week and then she finally just took them down and just threw them down in the basement and, and said, enough with this. I, I can't stand these neighborhood kids getting, doing this anymore. <laughs> oh, all right. So that is Chris's story. Hmm. David Arnold, do you believe it? I believe it a hundred percent because knowing Chris, he is quite the little poop. Oh, uh, in search of where for food. Wow. Yeah, so, wow. Uh, especially as a kid. <laughs> At least you cleaned that, that up. That sounds right up Chris's alley. I'm going to say it's true. Nate, what do you think? Chris, were you from Michigan? Uh, this was in Ohio. That's eh, Midwest, no. close enough. Yeah, my, close my, enough. My wife has told me stories about people in Michigan that do that with the deer. So I, I'm definitely, <laughs> it's, you're one state, you're the adjacent state. So I would say that I'll, I'll say it's true because. Even even my wife, she's a very nice lady, but when we put two deer out, she she said that was something they did. So ah, all right, Ernest Watts, is it truth or fiction? I have to go with true because when people lie, they usually overload you with details, and that was kind of a sparse story. So I'll say truth. Ah, Travis Greer, is Chris an honest guy on this one? I believe he is, and Ernest, to your point, you know, you give us a lot of details about it, a lot of things. So, just, <laughs> is that in question your um, your Ooh, story, Travis? I'm just a master storyteller. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, but uh, that that sounds hilarious and true. But uh, I, I can't imagine 
having kids now, uh, you know, we have, you, we, we have elf on the shelf and, uh, of course we've probably all seen some unique things with how, uh, you know, one's elf on the shelf ends up in the morning, right? I can uh, picture those things. So, <laughs> mm. so we, we need, need to get a picture of, we need to get a picture of Ernest on a furnace. That could be the new one. Ooh. You've heard of elf on a shelf. How about Ernest <laughs> on a furnace? I thought you were going to go MILF on the shelf, but that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Chris Daniel, is this a true story? This is a fiction story. Oh! oh. So there is some truth to it that we, we did have uh, some deer. They were not lit up, uh, but uh, our, we just moved in there. Up? Maybe I, I was nine, so who, I was always what? lit up. I hope not. <laughs> Uh, but it was actually our neighbor next door neighbor who was doing it every single morning. And my mom didn't find out until about three weeks ago. So this is probably 20 years later, uh, 22 years later. And she finally said, Hey, do you remember those deer that you had? Yeah. I kept mounting those every night just to, just to see how you would handle it. And it was, so yeah, it was kind of funny. Wow. I stand by what I said about Chris. By the way. <laughs> I don't back down on that. Wow. There's no statute of limitations on messing with Christmas decorations. That's, That's right. It's an endearing story. All right. Oh, Nate Moyer with that bad dad, dad joke. You are next. Um, all right. There was one year I was putting up lights. This is in Arizona. So I know it's weird, but we do put up Christmas lights in Arizona. In your shorts. Um, and you, you, you kind of do it in your shorts because it's, it's actually a pretty warm day. Every once in a while you get a cold one where you have to put a long sleeve tee on. But uh, for, this, for this story, I was in shorts. And... Um, no one was home. Elizabeth had left for running errands or something like that. I was putting up lights, and I was just, I wanted to finish the job. And lights were high up. I was trying to figure out, all right, how am I going to do this? I got to stand on the top of the tallest ladder I have. You know, so I was trying to figure out the best way to do this so I didn't have to wait until she got home. So I went in the garage and grabbed a lacrosse helmet, and I did all the lights wearing a lacrosse helmet. So that's my, that's my weird story. You think in it's Scottsdale, true or not. Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, hmm. All right, Travis, do you think that's a true story? That's, I don't know. I've been going true all, all night long. I'm good with false. Well, any reason why? Just looked at Nate's face and said false? Yeah, I've been seeing your face there on the little background picture there. That I could just reading your, your psycho, psycho <laughs> things going on there. He called you a psycho, I think. All right, move on. <laughs> Ernest, this is fact or fiction. Uh, you know, doesn't people with certain medical conditions have to wear helmets all the time, like epileptics or something <laughs> like that? I mean, uh, it was it was boring, but I'll say it was false. Mm. All right, Chris he, He's done more than that. He's done more than that. I can't talk about the other ones on the on this air <laughs> on the air. So I'll tell you guys afterwards. That's because his wife listens. He can't tell more. But later <laughs> we'll find out. All right. We're back to, let's see, David, what do you think? <clears throat> I'm going to say true, mainly because Crit, or Nate is, is just one of those people that just likes doing random, fun things, funny things to amuse people. <laughs> I can see him be like, oh, I want to wear a lacrosse helmet just to make the neighbors laugh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to say true. Mm, you don't think he's a safety nerd. Okay, Chris Daniel, true or false? I'm going to say false. I think the story is has some truth in it, but I think there's some lies in it which overshadowed the truth. So, like, I don't think it was a lacrosse helmet. It could have been, like, a football helmet of some sort. 
And, you know, just little lies amongst it that just makes it just more of a lie than a truth. And because he's married to my niece, I always always want to believe the best of Nate, so I'm going to say the truth. So, Nate, what is it? It is true. Oh, I did. I was trying to find a way to to do it. I looked in the uh, in the garage, and I had my high school uh, lacrosse helmet. I played for years of lacrosse. Now, before we get excited, it's Arizona lacrosse, so we're not that good. It was just kind of starting to get popular. So one kid showed up from um, the state of Maryland and said, "Hey, is there a lacrosse team?" And we said, "Yeah, we have one, and you're starting." So <laughs> let's put it that way. There you um, go. But no, I, I just I, I didn't want to wait. It was really just I just didn't want to wait till she got home to hold the ladder. And I said, "You know what? What can I do?" I just tried to you know get resourceful. You do what any red-blooded American man would do. Just go ahead, laugh in the face of danger. Yeah, exactly. Travis Greer, how about you? Do you have a story for us? Christmas, Luther Falls. I do, and it ties into a couple of the stories tonight relative to the work keywords I've heard, poop, and uh, kind of ties back to Ernest. Uh, I got to see him this past weekend, but here we go. So whenever uh, a kid growing up, I had cousins, a brother and a sister. We'd go to my grandmother's house, family get together Christmas, and my, my grandmother, she was five foot short, you know, 100 pounds wet, real tiny and feisty, but uh, the saying was always, you know, when we ate and uh, fellowship, you know, don't, don't spill nothing. Don't make a mess. Uh, grandma will poop a Christmas tree, you know, and, uh, she'll have a, have a fit kind of that type thing. And, uh, I'm going to say false of it. If you're going to tell me <laughs> that your grandmother pooped a Christmas tree. Well, that, that was a running joke with our family. However, one time with, uh, uh, they tricked us. We were real young in our six, seven, eights, Right. And, uh, she got real mad. She stormed, stormed off into the back bedroom you could hear moaning and groaning and fussing, and she come out um, with a small, like one foot decorated, lit up little Christmas tree. And uh, I said, "See, it's true. Grandma did uh, crap a Christmas tree, you know." And uh, so that's that's one of our kind of running jokes with our family, and uh, you know how they tricked us one time. So, yep. Wow, that's a joke you could really needle somebody about. But anyways, we, uh, <laughs> is that a true story? It sounds like you've already given us the answer there, Travis. Is that a truth or fiction story? There's some there's some truth and, and false in it as well. We still joke around that with, between the family and my grandmother's past and uh oh, I but they never did they never did go back and uh actually pretend like she crapped Christmas tree, but she she did <laughs> give us some fits and we gave her some fits sometimes and Time back to Ernest, right? Uh, my grandmother made like the best peanut butter balls ever, and uh, uh, I got, actually got to physically see Ernest a few days ago in passing between like work, going back and forth, and uh, his wife Wanda. Was he wearing a Santa suit? Wonderful Christmas. Uh, close enough. I, don't, to I had in a the white morning. beard. I had a white beard. And he had a red polo shirt on too. I'm thinking I had a red call, shirt on. They call them peanut butter balls and not Buckeyes down there. Yeah. So if we're and just anti-Northern Ohio kind of stuff, you know, I guess. I'm all right with that. <laughs> it's kind of but a Wanda makes, story, but, Wanda, you know. Yeah. But Wanda makes a great peanut butter ball and a lot of other goodies. So shout out to Wanda if you ever listen. <laughs> <laughs> all Don't right. have to worry about that, folks. All right. So Travis sir, helped us out on that a little early, maybe because I prompted him to. But he's such an honest guy. Um, yes. That's right. He's an so, earnest guy. Yes, uh, Ernest. David, all right, tell us a story, truth or fiction. All right, so we have a Christmas tree upstairs in our house, um, and it's it's great. It's beautiful, your average fake Christmas tree. 
Um, and we've had ornaments on it all over, but there's this huge bald spot on the Christmas tree right beside the couch uh, because our youngest one-year-old child loves to crawl up to the ledge of the Christmas tree uh, and, and look at the ornaments and, of course, pull the ornaments down. Um, and so, so progressively across the past few weeks, we've just been moving each one she grabs, you know, up to the top, huge bald spot. Um, and she's been kind of learning, but she just loves the Christmas tree so much. So last night, um, me and my wife were downstairs. I'm FaceTiming my college buddies. Uh, this just happened last night. Right? Um, and all of a sudden we just hear, Wah! biggest whale ever totally scared out of her mind type of scream and you know when you're a dad you kind of you can tell between the different screams you know is it urgent is it whiny is it hungry this was more on the urgent side like what is happening um so i like i sprint upstairs don't even talk to my buddies don't even tell them i just i just run upstairs um i come upstairs and my child has fallen into the christmas lights it off the couch into the Christmas tree head first. Um, and she is like deep into the Christmas tree. And the only thing I see are her two little baby feet <laughs> just sticking up and she's wailing, right? It, think of it like a cartoon. Like it, it sounds like a cartoon. Uh, head is fully in the Christmas tree. Arms are fully in the Christmas tree. Torsos in the Christmas tree. These two little baby feet and legs are just back and forth. Wah, wah, wah. Um, She's older than the wham. Like, it, it's a one-and-a-half-year-old sound, not like a six-week-old sound. Um, so I, I laughed hysterically. Didn't have my phone on me, so I couldn't take any pictures. But grabbed her by the feet, yanked her out of the Christmas tree. Um, and, and that's kind of the best story I have so far, because right. it, it was the hilarious. Tree okay? Is the tree okay? The tree, the tree is okay, I think. The tree Fairly. has... Survived barely. All right, Nate. Since you first jump in, this is truth or fiction? I think it's. I think it's truth. Too much detail. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that he said his daughter loves Christmas so much that she loves the tree. So, just based on that, I'm going to say truth. All right. Because I want it to be true. Yeah, Travis. Truth or fiction? Yeah, that's true, and uh, I can relate totally, uh, David, with having young kids myself. He's, oftentimes, you repeat things. They don't do this or not that, and they just keep on at it and are persistent and I could just just see you going in there laughing and chuckling once you see everything safe and say, yeah, I told you so. So that's true. Ernest, is this truth or fiction? Since I had a child do the same thing, <laughs> but he jumped off of a playpen, dove in, destroyed a hundred year old artificial wooden tree Justin. and was laughing and having a great time. Luckily my wife came in the door. So I picked him up with icicles and tinsels and lights wrapped around him handed him to his mother and said, I am out of here. So I say yes. That was Justin, right? That was Justin. Of course. All right, Chris, is this truth or fiction? I'm going to say fiction. Again, I think there's some truth to the story, but I think overall, I think he continued to stay and talk to his college buddies and his <laughs> wife told him this story afterwards. Oh. And he's just like, oh, yeah, that'd be a good. Yeah, uh, I hope she's OK. Hope the kid's okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say it's truth. We took care of that little girl yesterday during the day, and she is wild. So, David, truth or fiction? Oh, it's definitely true. And it did just happen last night. And it was the fun, like one of the funniest moments uh, of this week, month, year for me. Uh, just those little feet dangling outside of the Christmas tree. It was awesome. And for the record, Chris, 
I'm the type of dad that when the baby screams, I just like I instinctively just run, even if it's unnecessary. I mean, my wife kind of laughs at me. It's like, why? Why did you react like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna dive for the ball out of bounds every time when I'm a basketball player. But run to the baby, hustle, hustle, Team hustle. That'll wear off. They, when they get older, you're not going to want to come running because they're going to learn that every time they do something, you're going to come running. Bingo. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Amen, All right. Brother. Nate is up okay. next. Nate, do you have a story for us? Do you want me to go again? I can talk about my lacrosse helmet. Oh, that's it. Go Your first time. one was, was so it. mild. I thought you had gone yet. <laughs> we can talk about Paul's memory loss. All right. That's you. What day is it? All right. Is it up to me? I guess it is. I'm the yes. last one up. Wow. All right. So the deal is this. Back when I lived in North Carolina, we had a show at the church called Light of the World, and we had over 10,000 lights. We had, over, we had five 100-foot extension cords made with special electrical-grade 12-gauge. We had a special box, electrical box, on the back of the church made to handle all these lights. We had seven scenes, uh, and then we had 12 floodlights, and this is all before LED. We had 14 power strips with fuses. We had seven boom boxes with cassettes. All this. Well, I got there early one day, and I was helping set up, and I flung some switches, and it was a little wet. Let's just say down North Carolina, you don't always have snow, but you have moisture on the grass. And I was out there, and I went to one of the connections that went down. One of the five extension cords went to a splitter, and it was a little loose. And when I put it together, um, let's just say I have less hair now than I used to. Um, it's, it threw me down, nobody was around, and when I came to probably 30 seconds or three minutes later, I don't know which one, I just didn't tell anybody to this day. All right, mm. Nate Moyer, you think that's true? I've seen your hair, or lack of, so I'm going to say that's true. All right, Travis. Uh, I want to say that's true, and but I could definitely, we could probably phone a friend because Ernest was probably involved in that endeavor somehow, right? Being in the church Christmas light show, right? Uh, I want to say that's true. That uh, what do you think, Ernest? I was testifying. Yeah, the event happened because uh, I was one of the participants. But as for him shocking himself, I would say probably he would be so self-conscious, embarrassed he wouldn't have told if that happened. So I'll go with a truth. All right. The, the lights and all that, that, that happened. That, that part of the story is correct. So there is some truth to this. You were probably running late dressed in your Santa costume. That's why you didn't <laughs> see it, right? Santa's not in the manger, okay? It's hard to explain <laughs> Santa in the manger. All right, Chris Daniel, truth or fiction? I've been calling false all night to everyone, and I'm the only one that had the false. So I'm going to call true. Hmm. All right. Now I'm so see now. Is there anybody whoa, whoa, I haven't whoa, whoa, asked whoa. yet? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say true. Oh, David, I haven't asked yet. Be, because living with you at the time, uh, in, in a place like Rockingham, North Carolina, this kind of place in the world that you kind of um, accidentally do something stupid, <laughs> hurt yourself, kind of stupid, and um, you know, a hospital maybe like. 45 minutes away, you just kind of shake it off and hope that you're not going to die the next day. So I'm going to say true. All right. I've given you all a chance at this. This is false. This is oh. false. It was mostly true, as Ernest knows. We did have this big light show, but I was super worried about getting electrocuted, and I did not want that to happen. I have my other story, 
It's true that I fell off a 20-foot ladder and didn't tell my wife. I was in the backyard of my house trying to get the lights all the way up to the 20-foot pine tree. And, of course, Audrey said, don't fall off the, tr the ladder. Be careful. And I fell anyways. Oops, she's in the other room. I just gave it away. Oh, well. All right, guys. Thanks for being part of that whole thing. And now we're going to get to our second segment. Uh, and then hopefully we have a little bit of time for a real sports talk. And this one is if you're in a charitable mood, you want to give a nice gift to the people you care about. And every year we have favorite sports stars that we think, oh, what would we like to see happen for them this next year? What gift would I give my favorite sports star? So I'm going to go around to each one of you and ask you, what would you give your favorite sports star? So we're going to start with Ernest. I would give Roy Williams one more NCAA championship. I would enjoy that also. It's a gift that gives for many people, not just one. So that's my gift. Tar Heels don't have enough championships already? No, no. See, we're averaging one for every decade I live, and I'm looking to get to another decade, so I've got to keep that average up. Okay. No judgment. No no jealousy here going on. All right, Chris Daniel, who's your gift for? You know, I was thinking similar things about LeBron James giving him another ring, but what I will give him instead, just to mix it up a little bit, I will give him one year of uh, only positive talk around him that he doesn't have to worry about people asking if he's the GOAT, if he's not the GOAT, or is, is he enough, or, you know, all, all the negative press that he gets all the time. I'd give him one year of just all positive press. Mm. Okay. Not going to give him good reviews for uh, uh, Space Jam 2? Oh, that's that's going to be amazing. So we don't even need to talk about the negative reviews for that because that's not going to happen. All right, there you go. Chris Daniel wants a ride in one of LeBron's supercars. I get it. All right, Travis Greer, what's your gift and to whom? Travis. Travis is muted. Travis is muted. I'm non-muted. Uh, I'll go with the theme. I thought about a team gift, but I'll go individual. Um, our, our previous alumni quarterback, I'll give Cam Newton, I'll give him a gift. It's just been a hard year for him with injuries and trying to adapt to a new system. I'll give him a boo-boo bunny. So if you don't know what a boo-boo bunny is, it's a little, it's little uh, plush uh, kind of soft boo-boo bunny that has a freezable ice cube in it, and uh, little babies and children love it, and they can put it on little boo-boos that they have, and uh, Cam Newton, he's just, he's just tough one to, to find. And as I was listening to you guys last week of potential hall of famers, I'm like, what, what about Cam Newton? But, um, I don't know. I, you'd love, still love to hate Cam, but, uh, give him a, a boo-boo bunny for Christmas. Would, I've never would guessed a boo-boo bunny for, I, <laughs> he, he needs to ice up and go home and, uh, rest the rest of the year and maybe try again next year. All right. <laughs> no judgment on that. David, who are you going to give a gift to? I'm going to give Jim Harbaugh permission <laughs> to spend as much money on recruits as Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson. Ooh. Ooh. I don't think it's going to make a difference. Ooh. I, it, it yeah, my, why is it? It's, it's, He's got it's, great recruits. It doesn't, that's, for the next coach? That's a gift. For the next coach? Yeah, I was going to say. That, yeah, well, I was going to say, why I would wish, you give it to I Jim? Wish, He's not going to be here next year. <laughs> Alternatively, I would love to give Russ Westbrook one NBA title. Oh, that's nice. That's or nice. Dame. All right, we'll keep going here. We'll get to sports talk in a little bit, but David, woo, throwing out the red meat there. All right, Nate Moyer, what's your sports gift for Christmas? Well, first I was going to say I'd give the, uh, a gift of Brian Kelly to a, a, be, the ability to win a decent game. Um, <laughs> but we'll 
that's the topic for another day. So I'm actually going to kind of go with the sentimental thing about Westbrook. I'm going to say Larry Fitzgerald to get a ring. Mm. Yes. And would you believe I wrote down the same thing? I was thinking of all the quality guys in the NFL, and I thought Larry Fitzgerald, plus I saw him on tons of commercials recently. I would love to see him win it all, and I'd love to see Nate just enjoy it, and then we wouldn't have to hear about the Cardinals anymore. But <laughs> Larry's I'd be more obnoxious about the Cardinals. Yeah, great yeah, that's what I wrote down. Okay, so you guys are itching. I can tell you're just dying to talk about sports, and David threw some red meat out there, and we the CF. The college football playoffs has been set. It is Notre Dame. It is Clemson. It is Alabama. And it is uh, a team there? down south. Oh, that Alabama. Uh, that red no, no, team. No, no, that team for you that's down south. Oh, that. Oh, it's a mental block. Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, all right, Ernest, you're the longest, most wise guy. All right, if you had to pick one hey, to win it all, who's going to win it all? Alabama, I don't even think it'll be close. I mean, I, I like Harris. I like the running back. I like their offensive line. They got back two of the linebackers who missed all of last year. Uh, Jones is a caretaker quarterback, but uh, I just uh, – they're going to face Clemson again. I know you can get tired of that because I think Ohio State is not as good as what individuals think. Ohio State has some problems defensively, and I – you know, Nate's going to be disappointed, but I think Alabama's going to handle Notre Dame pretty easily because they'll get a lead on them. And I, this this Alabama team is is really hurting from last year, and I think they're going to win overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it'll either. The Clemson Notre Dame uh, Clemson Ohio State game may be close. The others will not be. Mm-hmm. Go to Nate next. Nate, you know Alabama gave up a ton of points. A ton of points to Florida. I thought they would have iced them away in the second half. So are you concerned at all about Alabama's defense, Nate? No, I, I honestly, I as a Notre Dame fan, I, honestly, I, I'm realistic. I don't think Notre Dame's going to beat Alabama. I don't think they have it in them. Um, I think their, their best bet was to beat Clemson yesterday and stay in the two spot and then get to the national championship game if they could beat, you know, like an Ohio State um, or whatever team would have taken the spot of Clemson because Clemson would have had two losses. So that would have been like, you know, Texas A&M or something. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I agree. I think it's going to be Alabama. Um, I, I, I would love to see Notre Dame pull the upset, but they just, it's not going to happen. My, my hope was to just avoid Alabama as long as we could. And then, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully something, you know, maybe they have some injuries or something and um, a couple things go their way and Notre Dame's got a shot, but uh, not as the one and a four. They're, they're I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be done by the first quarter. I think Notre Dame's trying to get a little bit better. I think they're gonna be better than they did five years ago when they played in the national championship to Bama, but they're they're just not over the hump. They showed it last night. They're just they're not ready for prime time. David, Texas A and M is griping that Ohio State didn't play enough games and Big Ten manipulated everything to get them there. Do they have a legitimate gripe? Yeah, college football in this state, uh, <clears throat> COVID really exposed college football. That it's really just WWE wrestling for the middle class in America. Because, like, you get four playoff spots, but, like, how many how many teams are really deserving of a playoff spot? You can argue that. But, like, so many teams in P5 conferences start the year knowing they're never going to make the playoff, no matter what they do. 
there's literally like six or seven teams that have a realistic shot at the start of every season. You know, and half of them are in the SEC. Um, it, until you expand the playoffs until to eight teams or sixteen teams, I'd prefer the BCS system over this this four team thing. Uh, it, it's really just it, it, what the four team system has done. Is it said, okay, the biggest team in the SEC, the biggest team in the ACC, and the biggest team in the Big Ten. We're going to protect your interests to make sure you make it, so every team in the conference can get their money. And then the one at-large team, you know, from the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, you know, Pac-12, Big Twelve, you, know, you guys scrap it out for the scraps. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just like, yeah. I, if if it's going to be like that, who cares? Who cares? Chris I Daniel. mean, like there, there yeah. are fifty teams in G five who don't even get a. Who don't even think about a national title? Sure, it's just it's whatever. So, yeah. Chris Daniel, you're out in Colorado. Do people out west even care? Because now you look at it, that's always teams from the East Coast that's all, or Midwest that get in. Nobody from the West Coast makes it to out in Denver. Do they even care about this? No, no, not at all. Colorado doesn't care. I don't think anybody west of the Rockies care because nobody is even good west of the Rockies. But I think. Also, college football did a disservice to, um, I guess, each one of the um, uh, you know conferences. I think the conferences, instead of saying, "Hey, you've got to meet a certain threshold of games, and you sh- and you need to play," you know, it's going to be the East versus West, like you know, Big Ten. I think it's, "Hey, based on the national rankings, we're going to put the best two teams in the championship game." And then from there, that's who we're, that's who's going to represent each conference. So, uh, like you had the Oregon Ducks play, and they had a disaster of a season in the in the Pac-12, and they ended up beating um, USC, which USC was the only chance that Pac-12 could have had a, a at least a conversation in, into that you know final four spot. Mm-hmm. But I just I think it's kind of this. I think David unfortunately was right when they said COVID has ex- has exposed the entire college football playoff. Um, system and it's just it is a joke and we're gonna until something happens with Clemson or Alabama it's just we're gonna see those two teams over and over and over again and Ohio State yep all right Travis you're the last one on this I like I like that one about the the conference champion I think that's the only one that should be in every every division gets one and then they base it on okay we've got 12 division champions who's the top four that's what it should be I don't think there should be two teams from the same conference ever in the top four in the playoff. I think you, everybody sends one. But see, I, I disagree because in. I think anybody in the S, I think the top four teams in the SEC are better than anyone in the Pac-12 right now. Guys, so how is, how is that fair? Guys, I, <laughs> but you got to, but you got to win your division, right? So I, I, you gotta, you I have the cream of the agree. crop, but there's one team that's the, the top of the cream of the crop, right? So now but they're going to dominate. If we're looking for good games, if we're looking for yeah, good games, right. and I just, I want good games too. I don't, like I think Ohio State is going to get absolutely manhandled, and I'm excited to watch that. But it's just like they don't deserve to be there. Put another, put a Texas A&M. I bet you they'll put a better game against Alabama. So I don't know. That's just my two cents. It's money. It's the teams it's that money. draw the faces to the TV screen. Then but, why did they add a couple of teams? If it was all about money, this was the year to add teams and get all the money back. Texas A&M and Florida and Cincinnati do not draw people to the TV. Listen, I called this in September. 
I told you who three of these teams would be in September. Guess what? Next year's Final Four will be Alabama, it'll be Clemson, and it'll be Ohio State again. As long as these three are number one, two, and three in recruiting, and because they draw the biggest ratings, they're going to be part. The only mystery is who that fourth team is, and it's usually mm-hmm. Oklahoma or it's Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. When's the last time it's not been Notre Dame or Oklahoma for that fourth team? You can't remember when because that's what's Wasn't tied in. To, to be honest, I wasn't. I don't. I don't remember anything prior to Oklahoma this, last this year. This year has been uh, a little <laughs> all right. hard on it, all of us. It's guys, money. Oregon, no, Oregon was, there, right? Oregon was there once. Oregon was in there four years ago. Four years Mariota ago. was in there. But right. based on based on what you see here yeah. in this final four, it is a ripple effect into what uh, the NFL sees, and I think there's some uh, some ties there drawing what happens with this as well but this is the year of 2020 and the gift i was going to give the team uh was texas a and M. I was, I was going to give them a set of legos to build and build a bridge to get over it of not getting <laughs> in the playoffs i think notre dame is obviously going to put on a better show against alabama um yeah. it's, it's going to be a little bit it's going to be a lot closer than than uh what they could have done but uh it is the year 2020 i, I hate to say you will see clemson alabama again uh to be like deja vu with years past but um i'm going to be pulling for your um your notre dame irish there you uh, this, go. This i appreciate that they're gonna need all the help yeah. they can get so hey yeah. travis ohio ready to state, jump in there ohio man. state ohio <laughs> state had a tough time against northwestern let's just put mean? that on the record but I they mean, didn't have some of their best players too right oh shock yeah sorry but you still had, had trouble with northwestern northwestern's not bad they had trouble with indiana I mean, that's exactly my point. It's gonna—they're gonna be a complete joke in this final four. But who draws the biggest ratings in the Big Ten when their games are on TV? Ohio State. What's the? What school has a network of their own? Notre Dame. What team is a? They don't have their own network. They don't have their own network. They have NBC. The Longhorns in Texas have their own network. Well, they practically have their own network showing their games. Uh, I mean, only home games too. By the way, they only get the. and who's the, yeah, but every other away game's on national TV. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame's always on if it's CBS or something like that, but only NBC only does home games. So who, if you're sitting there and you're in that little crowd outside of Dallas and you want to have four teams and you want the ratings so you can charge a whole lot for your commercials because ESPN owns this, this little playoff program set, who are you going to bring in? Texas A&M with College Station where the biggest population is Cacti or are you going to bring in a national program like Notre Dame? See, it's money. It's the theory money. against that. The theory against that is there are people out there that hate seeing the same four teams, so they actually would be excited about seeing a wild card like a Texas A and M. So okay. I, I mean, not now is that across the nation? No, but there's going to be a lot of places where people are like you know what? I'm not interested in Alabama and Clemson, right? But I'm interested in watching Clemson and Texas A and M. That might be interesting because Texas A and M's never been in there. Like if you got a team like that, but it's it's you're right with the same four teams, five teams, it kind of gets boring. It gets it gets old and stale. People yeah. like to have teams they hate because that's what they'll watch. They want to see Alabama lose. They want to see Notre Dame lose, just like they want to see Duke and Kentucky lose in college basketball. All right, Ernest, you brought up a good point. Get see me to my next point. Oh, okay. Two parter. Which wait team? before we move on? Before we move on, Paul, I wanted <clears throat> I wanted to say this because we just talked about it with Oregon. Real quick, how cool is it that Oregon basically thought their season was done and they got a call to replace Washington 
in the Pac-12, Pac-10 champ, Pac-12 <laughs> championship, and then they ended up winning. They were a week a week prior. They thought their season was done, and then a week later, they won the the Pac-12. And their coach got a that, nice extension. That's just the cool. That's just the cool story. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, Paul. that's because he got a nice extension because Auburn's looked at him as a replacement, and it shows you how useless these championship teams are if you're just going to call a team off the street to play for a conference championship. But still, they got the opportunity on a on a week's note, and they 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 got in there and they won, and they didn't beat a, nobody. I mean, USC is a decent team, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of a cool little Christmas story, right? Like just second nice... second place team wins the conference championship because money, because of money, because they had to have a game because they yeah. had a contractual arrangement with Fox to show a game. Yeah, and rather than they... rather than realize the COVID with a Washington team, which deservedly won the net the North division. They couldn't, and they couldn't put it off another week because they shoehorned this season, just like the big 10 sure. into a situation. Whereas the sec and the ACC, ACC teams all played 10 games. Wow, they got what a cynical Santa but you've not, become. But that's not Oregon's fault. Oregon it's got the call and Oregon showed up. Having yeah, been, thought I'm, their season was done. They thought they were done with their season. And they I'm got just, redemption and got to go play in the championship, and then they won the championship. How cool is that? I mean, that's like I'm just showing you're you. out, and then you get pulled back in, and then you make the most of it. I think that's a great story. It's, great. They call it an amateur sport until it t- turns into money. That's all it is. It's all about money. Hey, I just found out Everybody I can mute the you guys. Player. Wow, that oh, would sorry, really. Sorry, be, sorry. I can mute you. I guys. wanted to bring up. A wow, nice I have a lot of power here. I didn't know about. Um, anyways, let's let's oh, re- okay. bring it back for a second here. And include Chris and Travis on it. Um, so, first of all, it, it is about money, but isn't it nice we actually have football to watch? Because there was a long time there we weren't sure we were going to get any type of football season this year. So, if there's any silver lighting, we actually got to see football this year, and it's been a mess ever since. Um, so, that's one. The second thing we've learned over this podcast over the last two years or plus is that people love to hate the teams they love to hate. They root for the teams they love, but there's an equal almost, and hopefully not more, you know, hatred for teams down south or whatever. So which one of the final four teams do you dislike the most? And the second part of this question is, if there was a wrestle WWE match with all four coaches in the ring, who would come out the winner? Travis. Did you catch two of those? Which team do you dislike the most? Yeah. And which coach do you think would win in a WWE wrestle match of, with the other three? Oh, man. Uh, the team I hate the most, is, it's got to be Alabama. Um, this, you love, love to hate them, but like you said, it's that uh, equal and opposite reaction. I think kind of go Newton's third ball of motion, right? You just you get tired of seeing them, so uh, just hate seeing them, want something different. Uh, the coaches, I, I couldn't tell you with the features you got uh, – not Jimbo Fisher, that's Texas A&M. You got Dabo Sweeney, right, with Clemson. Little Dabo. Uh, you got Dabo. Slick Saban. Jim Kelly, Brian, right? right? Brian, Kelly. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. And then yeah. you have Day, Brian Day for o- that Ohio State group. I'm going to go with uh, uh, D- Dabo Sweeney. Ooh. Right? No, yeah, I'm going to go right. with him. All right, Chris yep. Daniel, yep. what do you think? Which team do you dislike the most and which coach would win? Uh, Ohio State's by a mile, and I think Dabo would win because I, I would put um, Saban might be he, just because of his age. I'm, I'm kind of I think he's he's going to be an early out, but the other two are just not in shape. So I think Dabo can just 
you know, punch and just run around and have him <laughs> chase him, but then just wear him out. And uh, so I think Dabo would be your winner. All right. That's, a, that's just a good wrestling name, anyways, right? Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Dabo Sweeney. All right, Nate. The team you dislike the most, and the coach is going to win it in a wrestling team that I dislike the most is absolutely Ohio State. I know you and David will appreciate that, but that was before I even met my wife, who's from Michigan, and the and the Michigan family. Hate Ohio State the most. I don't like. I think I think we're all kind of sick of Alabama, but that's just based on the fact that I think they're just there all the time. I don't think anybody really hates Alabama. I think we just hate that they're always in the conversation now. Once Saban got their pre-save, and I don't think we really cared that much about it. Um, as far as the WWE, Brian Kelly's overweight. He's not doing anything. I feel like Saban would be like that dirty guy that would like bite an ear, or bite like your nose or oh, something. Mike like that. Tyson. He, he would. He'd be like the. He'd be like the dirty guy, right? Like he would get a good shot in, but he'd be he'd be done. So. I don't know, Dabo, and I don't know, I feel like uh, Ryan Day would probably win. I don't know, I haven't really seen it, but he looks like he's kind of the youngest of the four, so just based on youth, I guess I'd give it to him. All right, Ernest. Well, I, I hate Ohio State, too, because that whole the Ohio State arrogance. Uh, Saban's had COVID twice, so he ain't winning. <laughs> Kelly is like me. He hasn't pushed away from the table very much. <laughs> Debo played wide receiver at Alabama. He's a little wiry. Now, he was like fourth or fifth string. He didn't get on the field that much. Now, Day played quarterback for Chip Kelly over at University of New Hampshire. And he has, still has records for completions and touchdowns. So I'm going to say Ryan Day because he's the youngest. He's like just 40. So I, I would go Ryan Day probably if you're going to go WWE, he'll, he'll, he'll probably win the match. All right. And unfortunately, David had to go off and take care of some another kid in the Christmas tree. So he won't be joining us for the rest of this. Um, so I agree that uh, Ohio State by far um, because they beat up on us so much. And I saw a glimpse of Ryan Day's uh, temper when Harbaugh called him out on Big Ten Day. They did a Zoom call, and he called out Ohio State for having coaches on the field coaching the players, which was not allowed at that point or COVID precautions. And Day later said, we're going to beat those guys by 100. I don't think he said it that cleanly either. Um, so I think Ryan Day would probably... Uh, surprise, but you know, I think Dabo has some sneaky um, moves. I think he could be really dangerous. I think you all talked about it. So, uh, David just joined us back. He must have got the second kid out of the Christmas tree. David, the question is which one of the four final teams in college football do you dislike the most? And if there was a WWE wrestling match between the four coaches, which coach would win? All right, so. Ohio State is the absolute worst on every level. I think we've all agreed there. Nate's agreed to me. Chris has agreed to me. Um, they're just the absolute worst. Uh, second, who would win a WWE wrestling match between the four of them? Yeah. If you're not naming Nick Saban, <laughs> that's that you've got the wrong answer. Nick Saban is to college football what The Rock is to wrestling. David, you know, he's that, had COVID twice this year. He's Nick Saban. He <laughs> eats two oatmeal cream pies before every game. What are you? Yep, are you smelling Spinach come in from the top row. <laughs> the Aflacs don't could beat him at this point. 
if you underestimate Nick Saban, you've already lost. He's like Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris was doing his TV show, Walker, Texas Ranger, when he was like 70 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what Nick Saban is, right? He, you're not you're not being Nick Saban. All right, that's- so thanks, David. We were just wondering if you had the third kid in the Christmas tree or not. So now we- maybe put a net. Maybe put a nice little net around it, like a zoo. <laughs> All right, we got to go around the horn here. Oh, that's a show. I can't say that. Um, we got to do pardon the interruption. I mean, sorry, I can't say that either. We're going to go around the co-hosts and give them their final two minutes. I actually mean two minutes, and I will invoke the, the mute potential. So, Ernest, you always have a good final two minutes. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to keep it brief, which I know is, is my Christmas gift <laughs> to everybody. Uh, you know, we're not promised another Christmas. Enjoy this one. Your family is the one thing that is a constant in your life. It is something you draw strength from. It is a part of you and your nature and everything else. Everything else in your life is secondary to your family and your faith. So keep those in mind. Enjoy this time. As I said, we're not promised tomorrow. Too much we worry about what's happened in the past. We fixate on that. We worry about things in the future that never happen. Invest in right now. So give them all a hug and a kiss. Tell them uh, to download this podcast because we always need the numbers. Nice and, uh, I, I know, you know, always look out for how <laughs> we're going to do that in that respect. So uh, I guess I kick it to uh, Chris next. Yeah, Chris always has some famous sponsors that, you know, tell him <laughs> to promote certain things. Chris, what's your final two words? Yeah, my influencing uh, capacity has gone down in the past months uh, because we haven't been getting the ratings. So if you, if you pass on this podcast, we can get Budweiser back because <laughs> their Bud Light is right on par with Coors Light, which has it's better taste and less calories. But uh, no, I, 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 I repeat what Ernest says. Enjoy the holidays. Work for me is always uh, very stressful this time of year because we, we have a lot of stuff closing are just trying to get done so uh take take a break from everything and just focus on your family and focus on what truly is important and uh everything else will fall in line from there wow very wise words from chris daniel impressive nate moyer your final words uh, i don't got too much i was just gonna say it's been kind of cool here in connecticut we got some uh we got about a foot of snow a few days ago been kind of cool for me um coming from arizona having kind of almost a white christmas like the christmas lights are out everywhere um seeing all the snow and everything so it's been kind of fun i've always wanted a white christmas so that's that's been kind of exciting i kind of like to echo what the other guys have said too about um you know just enjoy it don't take it for granted um yeah i mean other than that we have a fun tradition of eggnog and brandy so i'll do that on christmas eve but you know enjoy enjoy christmas and uh, enjoy the family nice words travis yeah, uh, just want to remind all the viewers uh, across the globe, right? Uh, take a look up tomorrow night. Uh, Jupiter and Saturn, the great conjunction of those stars coming closely together, forming the Christmas star. Uh, so, yeah, take a look up tomorrow. That's, that's fascinating. And uh, yeah, enjoy your family. One, one tradition we have is getting together Christmas Eve, enjoying some great North Carolina barbecue and with uh, my, my in-laws and then watching some Christmas movies. But uh it's it's one of those years. Take advantage of it. We need to stay home, stay close with our families that we live with. So just enjoy it and uh, get outside tomorrow night and uh, take a look at the a great phenomenon. Nice. 
All right, David. All right, it's, it's going to start low and end high, so stick with me. Well, as you're listening to this, it's December 21st. It's the absolute worst day of the year. Why is it the worst day of the year? Because it's the shortest day of the year. 12-21, winter solstice, um, shortest day of the year. And with that, seasonal depression is, is very real. I think it's very real for everybody, but especially the worst year of any of our lifetimes um, makes this December 21st the worst day on the worst year. It's the shortest day of the year. Just remember, it's going to get sunnier every single day for the next six months after today. It gets a little bit brighter, a little bit better every single day from this step forward. So if you suffer from seasonal depression, try to get in the sun, try to do something, try to make contact with anybody because just talking to anyone, me texting my dad for five minutes every day makes me feel better. So, and yes, I'm trying to suck up um, for a better presence for my kids. It works. Uh, it works. But seasonal depression <laughs> is real. I think we all feel it. And especially this year, if you're not a little bit depressed at this point in 2020, uh, you have a fantastic life. We're all feeling it right now. So just try and remember it's getting a little bit sunnier every single day from this point forward. Um, and, and try and reach out to people, especially if you're lonely. That's yeah. all I got to say. David, uh, David, I'd like to just say, you know, if you live in the Midwest, yeah, or you could just move to Colorado where it's 300 days sunny every every year. So. Or Arizona. I, yeah, Arizona, right. Arizona's on my mind right now. I got to say, <laughs> me, uh, my, my in-laws, their best friends live in, in Scottsdale too. Um, and man, they talk about all the time, like, wow, I wake up so early during the summer. I wake up with the sun. I love the heat. I love walking in the morning heat. Phoenix sounds like my kind of place. Right? It's, there's, uh, there is a job opening. There is a job opening University of Arizona for a football <laughs> coach right now. <laughs> yeah, well, can, if Dad, can I have 10 more seconds? Uh, what's his name? Uh, for Texas, former Texas A&M Kevin. guy, Arizona oh, guy. Kevin Sumlin? Yeah, Kevin Sumlin got $10 million to be fired. Fire. And then he got, what, $8 million from Arizona just to leave? The man is making money for not working at all. Yes. All right. Thanks for those points, guys. Hey, this has been a tough, tough year. Um, we've all found ways to survive. I, too, um, have a little one of those sun lamps in my office during the dark days because it's true. It's scientifically proven that uh, the lack of seeing enough sunshine does affect you. So if you're feeling down, don't stay down. Reach out to somebody. Go for a walk. Talk some sports. Do whatever you can. I'm really grateful for all these guys doing the podcast with me. Actually, I started this podcast almost three years ago because I was so down during January, February, and these guys were not around. And I said to my wife, hey, let me have some money. I'll start up a, a website and a podcast, and I'll get to talk sports every week with some of my buddies. And I consider all these guys my good friends. And one last part, many of you know I'm a minister, but uh, it's deeper than that. I deeply believe in Jesus Christ, and Christmas is about Jesus Christ's birth and coming here to give us hope. Uh, if you ever want to find out more about that, I'd be glad to talk to you about that. But I don't promote too much because this is about sports, but it's all about my life and my faith, and sports is intertwined as well as family. So for the big Brady Bunch co-host holiday Christmas podcast, this has been for Ernest Watts, Travis Greer, Chris Daniel, Nate Moyer, David Arnold. This is Paul Arnold. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Bye. Well, a good night.
Wow, nice, Ernest. Thank you. You know, when Travis was telling me the tree, his grandma pooped in a tree, I actually was going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're out. Thank you for listening to this holiday edition of Pardon the Confusion. If you want to reach me, Paul Arnold, the host of the show, please email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. And we'll tell you more information about the podcast or some things we talked about today. My special thanks to my co-hosts who make this a ton of fun. And to Gene Gums at sportscountry.net, who does a great job with radio, a lot of different great shows on that. So once again, have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.